What's going on, everybody? This After Hours Live for the Man Cave. This is your host, Tay Wiggs. This is your co-host, Mark Senior. Man, we're going to jump into it right now. Game last night. Toronto Raptors. The indestructible. Indestructible. Terminator. Kawhi Leonard going up against the freak Greek Giannis Alakumbo. We're going to call him the freak at right now as of today, but he didn't play very freakish last night. i tell you that. It was like he was gassed last night. Him and Kawhi Leonard, like they both were out of sync. But Kawhi Leonard, pitched up because he has the heart of a champion. He's been there before. He probably put a team on his back like he's been doing so far at the series. But when you look into the further detail, he did get some contributions from Mark Gasol. And I'll be telling everybody, like me, you was saying, though, Mark. I said, if, if Toronto want to win a game, you've got to get at least 12 points for Mark Gasol. Marcus Gasol gave you 16 points last night, 12 rebounds to go along with seven assists and five big blocks. He played a different role because he knew at one point in time that he knew Brooke Lopez was hand up there and shoot a three. And one thing about the Bucks, if you, we keep saying it all this time, you live by the three, die by the three. You die by the three. I'm looking at where they was attacking the hole as much. Than they was in the previous in the previous two games, they had a chance to really put this game away because Milwaukee kept getting with three points. And the biggest thing I think they have, I think, want to say is eleven points at at any at, the, at any given moment. But I just feel like Toronto just kept punching and punching and punching and punching, and they you know they all they all didn't shoot well for the Bucks either. And Kumo was five for sixteen. Both Chris Middleton. And Eric Blessing was 3 for 16. That's kind of hard when you're starting group together and shooting under 30-something percent as a whole. I mean, it was a – so I always take a look at close games like this, you know, and see who is uh, who is unfazed, you know, when it, when it's pressure time. And, unfortunately, the Bucks, they got a little – you know, they finally showed some chinks in their armor, you know. Blesso, I don't think he was scared, but he, you know, he's high in code. He just wasn't making shots. But the the people I was really impressed with, uh, of course, one of them is a former Cavalier, George Hill, yeah. and my and Michael Brogdon, you know, and uh, and Miritic. So those when it when the game really got tight, they performed the best, which is crazy because uh, I would say the second best player on the Bucks team is. Chris Middleton, I think he had, similar to Giannis, a so-so game, but it was good enough game for them to, you know, force two overtimes. But that that sideboard, that, that Kawhi Leonard guy, he just <laughs> he just was not going for that 0-3 start. Like, this is like the second time these playoffs where it was like, yeah, Toronto probably about to be out of it, and then he come. And it's like the, his mid-range game is automatic. Like he does that one move all the time, you know, a hard drive to left, and then he stops and pull up. And, like, nobody can guard it. He did that, like, three times right. to, uh, to get them in the lead. And you know what else? I, I'm going to give a shout-out to this guy because I, I was knocking Nick Nurse. Like, I was saying, can I see some more Norman Powell? Because I know he can shoot. Norman Powell had 19 points and four rebounds. He was the guy who came off the bench and became a pressure cooker. He was the guy. You know, <laughs> right. Like I keep saying, when you at home, you play different. 
everything is different. The bed feels better. The food tastes better. It got a little bit more little taste on it, a little more seasoning. He came off that bench and probably said, you know what, I got to get mine. We know what Kyler, even though Kyler had 11 points, he was 5 or 7, he had a good shooting night. But you can tell that that thumb is giving him some problems. But one thing I'm going to say about Kyle Lowry, even though he may not have some of the best playoff games or series put together, the one thing I'm going to say, he does not quit. That's one thing you cannot teach nobody, not to quit. You can't knock, you can't knock his hustle because he want to go out there and win. And he's a professional. He might, not, he might not show it most of the time, but he definitely wants to win the game. Um, Danny right. Green is another guy who's right now I'm, I'm very disappointed. He's he went one for nine today, shooting all these threes. And I can relate to that because, you know, a couple weeks ago, playing basketball myself at the gym, one of my homeboys was telling me, hey, man, Dante, all these threes you taking, man, you, got, you can do <laughs> other stuff, man. Stop shooting all these threes. You're not hitting. You're 0 for 5. I said, all right, cool. So I picked it up on a defensive end. I had about three steals. Led to, led to a quick six points. He was all right, no. Now step in and hit the 15-footer. Start hitting the 15-footer. Guess what? I end the game off with a two-pointer, send somebody home. So you got to find different ways to score. I know Danny Green got other things that he can do in his arsenal besides shoot threes. He has to step it up and start shooting a 15-footer. He got to see the ball go in first. That's true. But he did. The only shot he made was a really big shot, though. It was a after I think it was after that first overtime. That was the first he, OT. He hit that three. I'm like, man, this man hit a bucket all game. <laughs> I, think, yeah, I think either to tie the game up or take the lead. I think it was like 94, 91, I believe. When he hit right. That but then he didn't do nothing else the rest of the whole time, overtime, <laughs> or for the first part of the game. So it was like, yeah, it was a timely bucket. But if if Kyle Lowry didn't get fouled out of the game, him and Norman uh, Norman Powell, I think they could have won in regulation. But since they got fouled out, you know, and then the others was just strictly relying on, uh, besides Marcus Hall, strictly relying on Kawhi, it took them longer than what it needed to to get that dub. Right. You, when you when you down the series two games to nothing or two games to one, you gotta find different players and different ingredients to start. In. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Norman Powell in the starting lineup next to Kyle Lowry. I mean, I know why they got Danny Green in there just because he played defense. He really didn't do anything no different. He did throughout the whole playoffs. He been, he has he he's been off the whole playoffs. You understand? I mean, what else can you get from Danny Green right now? I mean, Man. Yeah, he had like the, like I said that one three in overtime, and then he had like two or three good defensive plays. I mean, for for the most part, you don't know he out there. Right. I mean, he's just the extra body out there. I say, hey, look, put in Norman Powell. I bring Danny Green off the, off the bench. You got to just mix it up. You got to just mix things up. Just get a, the, the the opposing team a different look. Okay, what they doing? They might be thinking, okay, they benching him because he's not on. But you know, it, it can be my thing. That's what I say. You know, everybody don't have a Phil Jackson because Phil Jackson. Mix it up on you, the heartbeat. Right. That's what he does do. The Zen master. Right. You look at this. You're looking at the shooting night. Like I said, both Aaron Blesso and Chris Benson was both for three six three for sixteen. Chris Benson had nine points, nine rebounds. This team, they couldn't hit. They was like I said, like they was falling in love with the three pointer. As in the words of Paul Wall. The community, I'm falling in love with my boy. Hey, like, you're not hitting your money shot. You're not hitting your right. money shot. And, you know, Eric Pesci tried to do what he do 
but I thought they could have won the game. Where I, I, I think it, I think at the end of the first OT, I think he was dribbling, 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 and he had got another Kumba wide open, and he passed, yeah. his, he passed the shot up. And she, I mean, he didn't pass the ball. He shot the ball. I thought that was the breaking point right there. And they was in the and they was in the penalty too. So I think Giannis drove to the hole and got some contact. He did. He wasn't shooting good from the free throw line either. But I would bank my chances of him going to the going to the hole and creating a, a three point play. We had a better chance of winning that one. I thought Eric Blesso looked him off. I thought that that was the epiphany of them losing the game. I said, you know what? That that, that was a bad look. You like I said, right. Mary just had a good game. Even though Giannis had 12 points and 23 rebounds and seven assists, we go along with four blocks. That no stats is pretty good, but it never looked good when he get that L in that column. Like you said, Marcus, Malcolm Brogdon, 20 points, five boards. I think he's like three for eight for the three point line. You had George Hill. Like, who is this at George Hill? Yeah, right. He had but, those two free throws to tie the game. I'm like. I just immediately have a flashback to the finals game one. Like, this man made two free throws in a row in a clutch situation. Right. I was thinking the same thing. I said, okay, now he's going to be clutch all of a sudden. Getting clutch. <laughs> he was dunking on cats. But I'm going to be honest with you. As a professional athlete, you go look at what you did wrong last year. You say, you know what, man? I blew two free throws. He's thinking about that in his head going back. Going back to shoot the free throws. I blew two free throws last year in the NBA finals. You know, these guys are... Uh, habit of preacher. They say, you know what? This ain't gonna happen again. I gotta redeem myself. So pretty much I'm not mad at you gotta redeem yourself. So you don't be that guy knowing the league can't hit two clutch free throws. True. Cause this be three times in a row. I mean three times for him in the, in the big stage. I know he did it once with the Spurs. He missed a clutch three to win to win a game for the Spurs. He missed one then he like you said he missed two free throws last year with the Cavaliers. He could go back to this way down some long bucks and come up short. And as they say, the uh, um, alligator armed at the free throws, but he cashed out, was much respect. But right. He could have ended up like, uh, who was that, Nick Anderson for the Orlando Magic. Uh, he missed those free throws. Wow. Never was the same. You know, so I'm proud of his bounce back. <laughs> oh, Nick, Nick Anderson. This whole night. You know, Nick Anderson was a great three-point shooter. He went to that free throw. I think it was against the was it the Houston Rockets, I believe, in the finals. Yes, sir. He he blew all. I ain't gonna say the churches catch. He blew everybody's ties and offers. <laughs> Everybody ties it off. And and what he did, I thought was 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 mind boggling because he ain't been he ain't been the same Nick Anderson since day one. Um, you're looking at where how I'm looking at how the the Bucks started off. They started off slow in the first quarter. They lost the first quarter, twenty-one to thirty. And if you notice, court, I mean, Toronto haven't won any corners. They were just points wise, but the point how the way. I think the last quarter they actually edged out and really won. Besides the first and the second overtime, it was the wheel. Both teams was gas. It was the wheel. I'm looking at right. Milwaukee. Milwaukee won the rebound title. Um, rebound uh, um, title. I was saying 63-55, and offensive rebounds. They they was beating Toronto on the glass the whole night. And what what killed Milwaukee was definitely turnovers. Anytime you get twenty turnovers, a team who always get twenty turnovers, that most of the time when you look at the stats, they mostly lose the game nine times out of ten. 
they both shot horribly from the field. So it's like one of them games that each team trying to go out there and make a big play and so make it a smart play. I keep telling everybody the 15 footers are lost art. So far in this series, it's, it looks like Kawhi Leonard and Chris Milton is like the, the only two guys that can hit it for both of these ball clubs. Both teams shot horrible from the three point line. It was just a, it was just a, at first it was just a slug fest with a three point line. I thought, was, I thought we, I was watching the home run derby. Who was the first person to get the ball over the gate? That's how I looked at. And definitely, the free throw discrepancy which killed them. Toronto was shot eighty percent. The Milwaukee Bucks sixty six percent. We always say, even though they lost the game by four four points. I mean, five, rather. They lost the game by five points. Free throws play a toll of you winning the game. Now, I, can, I right. understand why coaches in practice when we play basketball together, Marcus. They say, hey, before we leave, you got it. The big man, they take the worst free throw shooter. He got to hit two free throws in a row. We never understood that concept because you're young. You're like, you know what? Come on, coach. I mean, free throws, you got to leave. Now, you see why coaches – I want you to hit free throws because you never know when you're going to get fouled in the heat of the moment to win the game. Right. right. Especially when you look up at the end of the game and you look at your missed free throw column and it's like five or six and then you lose by like three or four. Like that's the whole game right there. Like if you make all make, let's say you make two more free throws or three more free throws and you miss six. Like that's, that's that's how the game up. You got another OT to go, or you make four out of six. You win the game by one point. Exactly. So it, it, I mean, I'm anxious to see what happens in, in Game Four here. It's the series is kind of reminding me of um, that first, you know, that second uh, uh, Cavs Toronto series when you know the Cavs won a championship and uh-huh. they went. The Cavs went up. This just was dominating at home. You know, went up two games, and then they go back to Toronto, and then Toronto squeak out that game three, and then they go also they took that momentum and went on to, to and go on to win game four. I'm interested to see if Milwaukee has a lapse like that where they let them t- come and take two games at home, and now the series going to be tied going back to Milwaukee. So I really think Giannis is not going to let that happen. I think he's just hungry enough to to put his foot on their throats in his game four. And I'm thinking uh-huh. Milwaukee is going to get to this win in game uh, it was, it was game five. It would be game five or uh, game four. So I think Milwaukee going to get this win in game four and go up 3-1. He had that look in his face. Like, man, I can't really – I can't believe we went out here and laid this egg. Now, one thing I like about Giannis' demeanor, He's going to be ready. He's going to be ready. Right. One thing to say about that kid, he learned from his mistakes. And I guarantee you, the next time he plays, he won't have 12 points. Um, when they play game four tomorrow night, he's going to come with that. He's definitely nasty. Like, he's going to have that nasty. He's going to, play, he's going to start the game off very strong. And like I said, you, he has to come with it. Chris Middleton. I think it's almost about that time to insert Malcolm Brogdon back into the lineup. He gives them another look, mm-hmm. an option to shoot the ball. But that, I think they want to rush him back into the to the lineup just become because the injury he's coming off of. Um, I thought Pat Pat Connaughton, like I said, he's 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 the new Mark Madison right now. <laughs> all the boards they cannot keep him off the boards. If you notice, nobody's never boxing him out for Toronto. He's be at the three point line. The next thing you know, he creeps up and get a rebound or he get a putback. So 
I, I think the Raptors got a lot of lot to watch on film. They let a lot of guys roam around out there on the three point line. As they call three point island and leaving guys open for wide threes. So I think they're gonna do a much more better than that because any guy here blessed with hitting threes, you definitely could be in trouble. And they luckily that to luckily Toronto will walk away with this win, or else we'd be talking about a different story this morning. But I feel like um Hoser will come through with another coaching plan. So you know. We're going to talk about the next game, the uh, the Golden State Warriors and the Portland Trailblazers. So, I don't know if anybody watched the, the Game of Thrones last episode. Everybody wants to take to dethrone the king. And right now, the Golden State Warriors... That was the Warriors, last episode. Yep. This last episode... I a big Game of Thrones to watch. Oh, oh yes, yeah. as they say, must watch TV. Um, <laughs> who's gonna dethrone the Golden State Warriors? And people, like I said, people feel to realize that that same unit has won a championship without KD. Is it possible that there will probably be no Iggy tonight, which is their best on-ball defender, who can guard up to like four positions right now? So you lose Iggy, where is you going to defense to play from? Somebody else big on the step. But I think if, if they're going to get the win tonight, which they may close out, we said they was we said Portland is seven. We some fools. <laughs> All right. Everybody is sweat. They, they bring out the brooms. <laughs> bring out the brooms. Call the custodian up on a walkie-talkie. Tell him to spill on all 36 feet. Damian Lillard, sweep him away. But realistically, I think Rudy Tontanovich, the head coach, the former head coach of the two-time defending NBA champions, Houston Rockets, he said never underestimate the heart of a champion. They've been here before. They played in tight game situations. This team is 12-1 and in the playoffs. You know who gave them that one loss? Your Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, I'm gonna say your our Cleveland Cavaliers gave them that one loss in in in, 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 the, in either a finals or a conference finals. So, oh, you're talking about, wanted, okay. So, if they wanted to win this game, Portland. I ever, oh, I got a stat for you. So, just going through, just watching these guys play, and at any given moment. So, in this series. I'm going to break it down for you. In this series, do you know the Portland Trailblazers are getting outscored in third quarters? 63 to 107. Can't win the game like that. Remember I always said, remember I always, remember on the pile, Marcus, I always said your first quarter dictates what you're going to do in the second quarter, but the third quarter is the put away quarter to the, to the home run stretch. You're getting outscored 63 to 107. That is huge. So in the quarters, game one, game one, game one, third quarter, they got outscored 26-39. Game two, they got outscored 39-24. Third quarter, game three, 13-29. If they want to win these games, and each of these games, they've been up in the half, going to halftime, up by 15 points or more. So I gonna get it done. <laughs> like what they gotta do different. To get the win, Marcus. I mean, I don't know if there's much they can do different. I mean, they they know what to do from the games. You know, was it two, 
and now game three. Mm-hmm. Their game plan was tight in that, that first qu- that first half. You know, they, they've been up 17, 18 points in both of those first half games. Uh-huh. But it's like they don't know what to do to close. Like, the Warriors have always came out explosive after halftime. Like, that's like they MO. That's like they calling card. So, you know it's coming. So, why aren't they prepared for it? And then on top of all that, so last night I read that uh, – Dame Lillard, he got separated ribs. He had separated ribs since game two. So now I really think it's a wrap. They already coming up with things like it's already a wrap. Like he really didn't have separated ribs. But come on, come it's on. Them ribs right he, now, he, they might be hurt. He really hurt. <laughs> Them ribs right now got too much sauce. <laughs> right. So if he's not gonna be seventy-five, eighty percent. Yeah, bring out the brooms. That, that's it. The one thing I must say, one thing I must say, when it, how do we say it? When a tough get going, the going get tough. That's the that's the that's the analogy. Right, right. I'm gonna say this. Everybody's hurt. Somebody playing with something broken, something. But at the end of the day, you told me you got some of the best trainers in the world. Play with a pad on. Play with a, a nice little pad on a heating pad because I knew something was wrong with him. And I told you, what was that game? Two? Was that that was game two? I said, "Yo, Dame is hurt." I said, "Kevon Looney fell on him on top of that basketball. It didn't look right because he he kept, he kept grabbing it." But at the end of the day, he's not he's he's showing it, but he's still trying to fight through. And, and people don't understand, even though you shoot the ball, your, your arms gotta rise up. So every time he shoot that ball, he's not he's not comfortable because he has first of all he's running. And he got to breathe. So every time he breathes, he's going to feel pain. So when he shoots, he's going to feel pain. So I imagine him a little bit, he's going to feel pain. Right now, he's a he's a battle soldier out there now, a battle wounded soldier. That means someone else has to pick up the slack. And and it's so sad to say because you're not getting that same, you're not getting it from Afro Camino. Now listen to this, Marcus. Afro Camino, game one, three points. Afro Camino, game two. Nine points. Afro-Gamino, game three. Two points. What? He's not even a factor out there. Not at all. No factor. Draymond Green mm-hmm. has two triple-doubles in this series, let alone three in the playoffs, which is the most for Golden State Warriors in their franchise history. So you're looking at Draymond Green, his game one, 12 points. Game two, 16 points for Draymond. And also Draymond Green mm-hmm. had... Uh, 20 points in game three. He is getting outplayed by by Draymond Green. Draymond Green, you can tell he went out there and lost 20 pounds. And he's giving his team a different look to win this game. Afro Camino is not existence. Why is he even out there? Mo Harkness has picked it up now in the last two games. Put somebody else in the game and give him a different look. He's not breaking nothing. He's not stopping nobody on defense. Everybody's having to wait on Clay having his way. Alfonso uh, McKinney's having his way to come out there. Jordan Bell's having his way. He's not stopping nobody. What is he doing? <laughs> he's he, in the words. He's pissing me. In other words, he's pissing me off because I thought he was going to be. He had games in the regular season. He he scoring twenty and fifteen points. You get to the playoffs, and, and you in the playoffs right now. You are you you are minus seventeen. That means you're not showing nothing. Why are you even out there? It goes on coaching for Terry Styles. He has no answer for the Golden State Warriors. Just, just, I want to say, you, when this series is over, just tell me what I really want to hear. Hey, 
Everybody out there, how do you stop the worst? We did not have an answer. Dame is hurt. CJ shot t- terribly. We don't have an answer for that. I said this. I said this before this series started. I said this, going to this series, I feel like Portland has the best backcourt. This is pre-injury, before Damian Lillard. Steph Curry right. said. Steph Curry probably listened to the party. So you know what? Take with why you keep counting me out, man. I'm about to show you something. Guy been going at an average of thirty. He want the Finals MVP. You, you, the, yeah, Warriors, yeah. the Warriors, he is playing something bigger. He want to get this series over with. Steph got a lot to prove. Guess what? I know one thing I know about Steph Curry. He loves popcorn. So guess what? He's going to send the Portland Trailblazers home tonight. Steph, you get ready. Send them home so they can watch the Avengers. <laughs> and you can get and tell them like in the great words of Terrell Owens, get your popcorn ready. Hope you got your popcorn. <laughs> Because he said no guys home for the rest of the summer. It's over in Portland. I see why they call it Rip City. Because guess what? Steph Curry just ripped y'all hearts away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is he going to do the dang bye-bye to him? If he do he that. He's surely cutthroat look, look, if he do that. Look, look, look. <laughs> if, he, if, if, Steph hit, if Steph hit them with the dang bye-bye, I might have to go out there and buy me a Warriors hat just because he did that. If he hit him with the dang Adios, bye bye. Oh, oh, it's gonna be a wrap. But type of savage, you know right? what? <laughs> we're gonna put that on. We're gonna put that post on Twitter. Who's gonna do the dang bye bye first? If Portland, I mean, if Golden State win, it would it be A. Steph Curry, B. Draymond Green, C. Iggy. <laughs> if it's Iggy, we know they go. We know Portland gonna win a game. If it's Iggy, <laughs> and we know Iggy. Iggy is in his own world because. Andre Iguodala, when he went back and he hurt himself uh, in game t- game three the other night, he got a cameraman a middle finger. So I must say, I've had to go on the limb. I think it'd be more than I think it'd probably be Draymond Green doing it to the fans. Man, always be careful what you wish for. Draymond Green, watch he's gonna hit them with that dang Bob. I think it's gonna be I, Marcus. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a. Uh, Draymond more than likely. I can see Steph doing a lot of shimmies. <laughs> he said he gonna shimmy out of there. Right, you're <laughs> looking at shake right out there. <laughs> look, look, that's what I'm saying. How Afro Camino got outplayed. Game three, like I said, was the other night. He had two points. Alfonso McKinney come off the bench and give you five points and nine rebounds. <laughs> and Chris and Quinn Cook, it's still giving people there. that. He out there giving people that that as they said that that DMV step back ball. He hit him with a step back with the hands. I'm like, right. I don't see that, that too good. often. Right, <laughs> I don't see that too often. Kevon Looney's still outplaying people. He's still coming up, to, still coming up big, eight points. He got some key rebounds, man. So far, he's like the X factor because they bring him up the bench. It's like he's that secret weapon, and it was a, it was smart. I see what Steve Curry did. He he put in. The second year pro, Damian Jones, he picked up three quick fouls in the first quarter. That was all the plan because they knew Steve Curry knew that Portland was going to come out and they was going to attack Kevon Looney. So sm- smart move by the coaching staff and Steve Curry by pulling that one. And like what Draymond Green said, I mean, keep playing through it. It don't matter. Just keep playing through. Like th- this is what they expect to play with a team of champions. They. And like I said, Steph Curry blazing hot, thirty six points. Clay Thompson with nineteen, but Draymond Green another triple double. Like I don't look at his points 
when he's scoring 20 points, if he got 20 points and they get the win, you know it was a wrap. I always look at, I, I, I like when, Dr- I, this is what I like from Draymond Green. I love his defense. I like when he comes with the blocks and the assists and the steals because that says, that says I, I, I can do other than scoring. So when he's after getting steals, he's taking points away. I love that. And on the, on the, um, on the, on the block side. But Mo Harkless played terrible too, though. He has six points, three rebounds. I thought Myers Leonard has 16, 16 points. Then three rebounds, four assists. C.J. McCullough was seven for twenty with twenty-three. Damian Lillard, as we already explained earlier, with the uh, the separate ribs, he had nineteen points, five from eighteen. Evan Turner came up big. The thing we going to um, Enos Kettner, like you said, Mark is it the Ramadan thing? He lost weight, but he's not playing the same. Nope. So if they want to win, Portland is teasing the fans, especially NBA people who watch the game. When they go about 15 points at halftime, they they come back in the beginning of the third quarter. What's their first shot they take, Marcus? What's the first shot they take out of the halftime break? So you contested three. Contested <laughs> three. Clank shooting all these threes. Like it's kind of hard to watch basketball because these guys either they either they a they can dunk or they shoot threes. We don't see the like you said since they put the three second rule in. The big man is always becoming extinct because the big man gets the rebound. He don't look for it to put it back up. He gets the rebound and push the ball back out because he's afraid he might get called for three seconds. All you do is get the rebound and go straight back up with it. Um, like I said, key adjustments. Terry Scott's right now. Your team is going to outplay. He, he's not mixing the lineup up. I'm tired of seeing, um, like I said, Afro Camino in the lineup. He, he hasn't given anything. So right now, got a new word of the day for this guy. This guy playing yeah. garbage tin. This guy playing garbage. I mean, <laughs> they said if I had to pick, a, if I had to pick my teammate right now, they said, "Donzo, who you picking? Africa, <laughs> me know Oscar the Grouch." I said, "I'm going with Oscar the Grouch." <laughs> Oscar the Grouch, he right? Tra- he talked trash. He live in trash. I'm going with Oscar. I'm not picking up Africa, me No, no yeah. point. I mean, not at all. Like he's been absent. 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 He's there. It's just a jersey out there. For all the fans who got his jersey, I'll be asking for my money back. I would rather have Steph Curry out there. I'd rather play small basketball and put Steph out there and try something different. I'll put Evan Turner. I'll put Evan Turner in the line. At least Evan Turner's going to give you something. He has been giving you something in the last couple of games. It's time, it's time to bench Afro folks. I'm sorry. He's not giving you nothing. He they call him the Big Chief. The Big Chief ain't coming. He ain't coming with it. Before mm-hmm. we uh, so tonight, like I think we both said. That the Warriors gonna bring the brooms out, right? Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Or is they gonna which broom they gonna bring out? It's gonna be the O Cedar. It's gonna be the dust mop. Is it gonna be the uh, the the, uh, the 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 new the push broom or the new vacuum that you put the batteries into it and you turn it on and it cleans its own self and go out the house? It's gonna be one. Of them. It's gonna be an automatic one. They're just gonna sit it down and walk away. Ooh, <laughs> that's the ultimate. <laughs> bye bye. And guess what? With NC say bye bye bye. That's what's gonna happen to them, man. <laughs> Routine dance and all. Go to State Warriors. Get y'all final hats ready. Eastern Conference finals hats. I mean Western Conference final hats ready. You guys will be marching on to the next round to hoist again probably their fourth title in five years. That Larry O'Brien Trophy. Can they do it? Uh, before I switch topics. Well, right now. I'm about to switch topics. We just we, we both agree that the Warriors will be going home tonight from Rip City. The fans will get their hearts ripped away. 
R.I.P. means st- stands for not rest in peace. Um, rest in power, rest in Portland. That's what the Warriors <laughs> gonna be doing. They're gonna be resting in Portland. They're gonna be watching the game tonight. Who play? I guess they gonna. I guess they gonna go out to eat. But I know how they do in the Golden State. They gonna win a series. Dollar State life room probably with champagne again. And they gonna head out to head out and back home and party. So, so according to this thing I was reading from um, uh, I'm gonna call them out from Twitter, not Twitter from Holly from Hollywood Unlocked. On Instagram, it said Arena Ena Enes. If I said, sorry for pronouncing the name wrong, right? Ten years ago, the Golden State Warriors drafted Steph Curry, and his father, Dell Curry, recently admitted telling the organization not to draft his son back in 2009. Dell Curry, Wardell Senior, as the machine gun. Curry said to the media, I wanted my son to go play for the New York Knicks, not to go to State Warriors due to their non-existent of history of winning championships. At Disney, oh, Dell wow. spent 15 years in the NBA himself, recent, recalls drafting the day telling the coach Don Nelson, not to draft my son. You asked me a question, I'm going to tell you the truth. Do not draft my son. We just thought his game was would fit better and had a bad scenario the uh, the way the other teams was playing up and down fast and had a better locker room. In addition, Steph Mom reports that's the Dale answer and that's professional athlete answer. Mine was Golden State is too far away. Where's my baby going? I don't know where <laughs> Golden State is. Socialize could <laughs> Wow, hold on, let's, let's run that back, folks. Let's run this no, back. You don't know where it is. Sonya Curry retorts. I met I met Mrs. Curry, man. First class lady. Very nice. Like, hands down. As the young folks say, no cap. Met her. Very nice lady. This she said yet again, well, that's the dad's answer. And the profession and the professional athlete answer. Mine was go to state is too far away. Where's my baby's going? I don't know where Golden State is. Wow. <laughs> she didn't want him to play for the Knicks, but guess what? Steph Curry made the best situation. Of course, when you when you're that good at playing in these tournaments in college basketball, you already know. You already know the worst the the top five or ten teams in the league got the worst records. You're going to wind up on one of these ball clubs. Unfortunately, this year, none of the Hawks have two of those picks. So two of these guys probably going to wind up with the Hawks. Only thing I can say to these young guys and the parents, you cannot tell these organizations not to draft your your son. And say, as in any sport, WNBA 2, or your daughter, wherever sport they may play. Right. People have to feel to realize. This organization feel like you are the best player to them in the draft for their interest to get their team over the hump. It's you it's up to you as the player to make the best game situation out of this experience. If you're there for four years and y'all can make a title run within the four years that you're there in two years, if you can make it where this team can make it to the playoffs and make it to a desirable location for a new asset to a player to come land there in the free agency, by God almighty, make it the best situation. And Steph Curry made the Golden State Warriors the best situation. 
the best situation. The best made it like the greatest situation. My cousin playing for the my cousin playing for the Golden State Warriors. Earl Boykins played behind Larry Hughes and Gilbert Arenas. Troy Murphy, Eric Beatrice, a Donald Foyle, Antoine <laughs> Jameson. I, I think the year before he got there, Mookie Blaylock was there. So yeah, I, I know was. <laughs> I know the history and the origin of the players that play for the Golden State Warriors. My wife cousin played for the Golden State Warriors, the Trail Sprewell. So we can keep going back and back and forth how deep the organization is. She probably didn't know. She knew it was in Golden State. She probably didn't know where Golden State was. It's in Oakland, California. Now she know now. <laughs> she know that. Soon to be in San Francisco. Soon to be in San Francisco. So I know the history of the Warriors. I'm not going to slip her in front and tell you that I don't know the history of the Warriors. I know the history of the Warriors. I know that right now they moved to a new arena. That arena is old. Right, right, right. They got what? What eight? They got an owner, and they got like eight, like eight people on the owners on the ownership staff. Now they're telling people they're not paying luxury tax to keep certain players there. We're gonna see some pieces of that team break up. And I keep telling everybody, Andre Iguodala may retire because his body only can take but so much. Everybody say, no, he can just go for the ride and use him for the playoffs. But every time they use him for the playoffs, when they need him the most, he come up with a little injury. He plays through it. Andre Iguodala is old, folks. Right. He's old. Iggy is old. And I ain't talking about Iggy Azalea either. We're talking about Andre yeah. Iguodala. <laughs> <laughs> and Steph Curry made the best situation situation for him. And, and, and I'm going to throw a nugget out there for you. This is where he gets good at. Um, I want to, I think Steph, Steph and uh, Clay's brothers, when they won their first NBA championship, I want to say first or second NBA championship, little known fact, I think Steph Curry and Clay Thompson brother both won a championship on the D-League team, the Santa, this, I think it's called the Santa Cruz Warriors. They won one too, so that's a little nugget out there to throw. They both became champions in that same time, around that same time. But throw this out here, Marcus. What you think about? We can, I'm now keep hearing. We know the Cavaliers pick up um, JB Bickerstaff to go along with with um, John Bayline, which I think is a good look because you got one of the best assistant coaches out there for the Cavaliers. But the thing I keep hearing is with the Cavaliers are trying to get that third pick from the New York Knicks. What are you hearing out there? Is it possible that Trisha Thompson may get moved or Kevin Love might get moved to New York for that third pick? That means if that happened, that means the Cavaliers will keep that third in the fifth pick and probably package J.R. Smith up for a second-round pick later to be named in that draft. What do you think is going to happen, Marcus? Yeah, I think that, uh, from what I've been hearing, they really want uh, R.J. Baird. Like, they yeah. want him bad. So... They trying to get that third pick about the Knicks, like by any means necessary. And um, I, I heard they don't they don't really necessarily want to give up Kevin Love. They're more willing to give up uh, Tristan Thompson. But uh, if the Knicks don't budge on the uh, like if if they you know go to the Knicks and they they want Kevin Love for the pick, man, they might be willing, willing to go ahead and do that, which is which is crazy. <laughs> So if you get that third pick, if you get Cam Reddish, if Cam Reddish, well, say if, hypothetically the Cavaliers do get that third pick, they get Cam Reddish, 
and the possible they draft DeAndre Hunter from Virginia or Jared Culliver from Texas Tech. Would that be a win-win situation for the Cavaliers? Because they had a so in that other words, the Cavs had a point guard, shooting guard, and small forward all at the same time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but but I heard they they want R.J. Barrett though. That's I mean R.J. Barrett. So they, so they tell you the Cavs are trying to get R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish. No, I ain't been hearing about what they want to do with the the actual fifth pick that they do on. Mm-hmm. But they trying to trade up to get uh, R.J. Barrett with the third pick. So you get R.J. Barrett at your three spot. He can play two. That means, if you do draft R.J. Barrett, that means the Cavaliers may be shopping to Jordan Clarkson. Maybe he can become them. Right. Jordan Clarkson. Uh, so I, since they hired Jim, uh, John Bayline, I don't think they're going to get rid of Nick Stauskas, but uh, he would be somebody I would be looking to trade as well, uh, Nick Stauskas. In the trade package. Yeah, I know they interviewed, uh, what's that, uh, the Texas Tech guard during the, um... Garrett Culliver? Yeah, you know, uh, during the combine. So, you know, they like him as well. As also, I think the USC guard, they interviewed both of them. Uh-huh. They're looking at options. They just ain't decided on one yet. Mm, so, we're about to get, I think something crazy is going to happen. And, and during around this trade time in the NBA, I think if the Cavaliers do get that third pick from from the Knicks, I'm tell New York fans Cleveland has robbed y'all three times in once in one one calendar year. First, it was Odell <laughs> Beckham. Second was Olivia Vernon. I mean, what else do you want? This be the third time. Right, the sweep. <laughs> New York fans thought that. See, New York fans. Thought that let's go back. We told the NFL, New York fans thought they was getting the first round draft pick. They got the Duke player that they didn't want to get. It was Daniel Jones, the quarterback from Duke. That's what they got for their first pick in the NFL. They got the wrong Duke player in the wrong sport. So if they had got Zion, they'd have been a rap in New York. But the whole thing is now since New York lost in that first pick, that market is looking like it's not gonna be desirable for a superstar to come there. I think players rather play with Zion than R.J. Barrett because they know Zion is going to bring the TV media with them. And, you know what I'm saying? Going into next season, you know, the NBA season is going to be starting within another seven months. So you got to look at that as where we're going to see a lot of Pelican games probably on TV. Probably get about 15 games on nationally televised TV. Probably one on ESPN. And probably get a Sunday night, a Sunday game on ABC. Because it's up to Griff. Can he make this team stay? Can he, can he put something in the in his ear, hey, AD, we need you here. If I can get on the phone and get KD here or Kyrie Irving, are you willing to stay? If he say yes, now you're talking about a whole nucleus of the basketball team. And it's looking like Kyrie, nobody, like no GMs want to touch Kyrie too because they said they're wary of what he's going to do to the organization. And like I said before in the last podcast, LeBron James is his good chops. Okay, GMs keep writing that. I'm the <laughs> only person that understands my boy K. Why? Hey, Kai. You see what they said about you, man? You see what they said about me and you? This ain't happening, man. Let's go out here and do it in L.A., man. As Tupac say, I'm <laughs> going, going, back to back to Cali, Cali. Oh, that's Big Smalls, really. <laughs> you know, Tupac said live and die in L.A. <laughs> but in other words, I will say Tupac said this about how LeBron probably told Kyrie, hey, look, hey, Kyrie, I need you here. 
We're doing this all the way from Cleveland to L.A. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. right, right, right. Cleveland to L.A. <laughs> Cleveland to L.A. But I do think something's going to happen. The draft's going to shake some things up. I think this free agency wants to start July 1st. We're only months away, folks. This is going to happen. It's going to get real dicey in the NBA. It's going to get real dicey in the NBA. It's going to get real dicey. So, anything you want to say, Mark, about what's the what's next? Man, I'm just, you know, I, I'm getting my popcorn ready. I'm just waiting to see. Because I think the league is going to be much different next year. I, I think the Warriors are still going to be uh, great. But they're going to be great like how they're great right now with the team they have right that's playing right now. No KD, no DeMarcus Cousins. You know, but only time will tell. So, you know, I, I just can't wait to see. They never disappoint in the summer. Never. <laughs> never. I think I think yeah. now be, people love the NBA playoffs, but I think people love free agency more than anything across sports, especially NFL and NBA because – that's what people t- tune into. What jersey are they going to buy next? What, who they, where their favorite player going to land in what city? What player they they going to grow to love, but they going to grow to hate even more? We Everybody know out there the most hated team is the Golden State Warriors, but hey, it is what it is. My Cavaliers got a, tr- a, a, a trophy out of it. Got a championship out of it. <laughs> Less what the Warriors do because they this this is a, on paper. I might not be a fan of what they doing, because my team is the Cavaliers, but at the end of the day, I respect an NBA champion, first and foremost. They go out there and, and do their job. Everybody eats. <laughs> right. Everybody eats, Pete. <laughs> Everybody, if, like I said, if you, look at, if you look at their roster in the playoffs, how Steve Kerr plays everybody. Because the way Steve Kerr played everybody, I saw Popovich used to play everybody from the Spurs. And, he def- and Steve Kerr definitely learned that from, from Phil Jackson. If you play with Phil Jackson – Everybody get out there and play on the court. Everybody. I was talking about watching the Bulls when I was a kid. You look at that people who was getting some tick. Randy Brown, the point guard. Judd Bushler, Tony Kukoc. Uh, what's, what's his name? Uh, uh, Coffee. Brian Coffee. Why I said his name wrong? These guys got playing time. These guys got playing time. They know their roles. What they supposed to do? And that's how you make a champion. You know what? You you can't be on a championship team playing zero minutes because you feel less appreciated. He has it where Steger has it where all the players chip into the game. They are gonna feel appreciated. Now when they get to the next round, it might get a little bit more dicey. They might not see that many minutes, but they will see some minutes. But now, what I like about Steve Curry, he get his guys early playing time in these third quarters. They, they, the the bench is setting the tone. For the starters to go back out in the fourth quarter. If you notice, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson is riding the bench for about eight or nine minutes into a quarter before they go back out there, coming out to refresh legs mm-hmm. and killing these cats. Eat right, fresh. Right. That's what Soundways say. Eat fresh. <laughs> I'm going to say play fresh. They doing it. They doing it. At the end of the day, folks, this is After Hours Live from the Man Cave. This is your host, Tay Wiggs. This your co-host, Mark Singer. Man, we out of here. Peace. Yay!
Thank you for listening to After Hours Live on the Man Cave Podcast. If you would like to hear more from me and my man Tay Wiggs, please go to your favorite podcast listener and subscribe to us. We are just about everywhere nowadays. We're on Stitcher, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple iTunes and Google Podcasts. So if you like what you hear, subscribe to us to hear more. Oh, and before I go, please also hit up our Anchor profile page. That's anchor.fm forward slash after hours live from the man cave. And click that little purple button that says support this podcast and help us out. Peace.